Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Melissa Brown, also known as the Soul Love Coach. Doesn't that sound great? It's like love for your soul and coaching. Oh my gosh, the Soul Love Coach. She's a licensed social worker, a life coach, an ordained minister who weaves the spiritual with the psychological to help women, that's you ladies, get back to the essence of yourself when love, life, and relationships have put you on the back burner. She has more than 20 years of experience helping women heal their hearts, their relationships, and live their best life. If you want some of that in your life, your best life, then you can visit her at soullovecoach.com, soullovecoach.com, and open up your ears, grab your pen and paper. She's about to drop some soul love wisdom on this show. And we're going to talk about her entrepreneurial journey, uh, how she got to her first 100K and beyond, what she's doing, what's working, what's not working, and how she's helping people in the world, right? Because you really want to engage your soul, your passion, your, your spirit, um, your why, so we're going to talk about all those things. So get ready, prepare yourself for the next 20 to 30 minutes. Melissa, welcome to your first 100K. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, thank you so much, Joseph. I am just glad to be here. So honored to be on your show that I think is just absolutely fabulous. I have been listening for the past few months. Um, so like you shared, I am Melissa Brown. I'm the soul love coach and, um, pretty much, you you know, what you shared in the bio is, is me. Um, I've been doing this work for quite a while. I'm not going to date my graduation dates, but, um, more than 20 years of, as a social worker, as a clinician, and then moving into the ministry and now getting to blend it and do it. Um, the way I feel like God wants me to do it um, so that I can bring healing and empowerment to the earth, one woman at a time. Man, why are you leaving out all the men? You know, like, what's up with that? I thought we're like brothers. Like, why are you Well, just... you know what? Actually, um, <laughs> I've been meeting with a couple of brothers lately because um, I did have a, a brick and mortar private practice. And back in those, in those days, I was meeting with couples. So I was doing more couples work. 
And a lot of the wives are still connected to me. And, and of course their husbands too. And, and I've been having some conversations with them. And what I've been finding out is they can put themselves on the back burner too. You know, that they need a little bit of self-care. We need some brotherly love up in here. Okay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So Melissa, share, uh, take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Because I've been listening, I knew you were going to ask this question. So I was going back and forth in my head and wondering, like, should I share that I've always wanted to be a solid gold dancer or, you know, (laughs) I'm really dating myself. Um, But no, what I thought about sharing is very few people know that really most of my life growing up, even halfway up through college, I wanted to be a lawyer. This was not the plan. I... If you look at my yearbooks, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you expect to be 10 years from now? I was like, I want to be a juvenile defense attorney. I, you know, I just wanted to work in the area of justice. And my major was actually political science. And up until about my junior year of college, and then my mom started kind of harassing me and saying, what are you going to do if you don't go to law school? What are you going to do with a political science degree? And I didn't have an answer. And so she was like, why don't you major in something you can actually get a job in? (laughs) Mm. So um, I ended up changing my major to social work and I'm still doing justice work. It's just justice for the heart, justice for the soul. But um, I just knew growing up, I was going in a totally different direction. Wow. So not social justice, but soul justice. Yeah. Justice for the soul. That was really bad, by the way, Startup Nation. So I, I, <laughs> I will own that. That was a terrible snafu. I will stop talking now. Okay. So Melissa, uh, let's get into your entrepreneurial journey. Um, now, here you are, soul love coach. I'm going to be real with you. It sounds really foo-foo. Uh, <laughs> it sounds, you know, so hard like much of the heart and everything like that. Like, how do you monetize that? Like before we went live, you and I were just speaking, you work with a coach we both know, um, really to market and brand yourself in such a way to take these intangible uh, type of product or service that you offer. And how do you uh, verbalize that in a way that's tangible? And I really like to have that conversation today because I know that there are listeners right now that are coaches, uh, maybe intuitive coaches, spiritual coaches, blank coaches, fill in the blank, but you have intangible products and services and you really do not how to uh, know how to write about them or speak about them in a tangible, measurable way that really attracts clients to you. So let's get into that a little bit today. Would that be fine with you, Melissa? That would be great. That would be great. All right. So let's start like, go ahead. Well, I was, there's a few things because you're right. It is a journey. Um, I think it helps that my background is as a clinician, as a psychotherapist, and then I moved into the coaching space. So I know what it's like to have clients, but it is totally different when you have to market yourself versus working for an agency or working for someone else who just says, here's a client, transform them. Um, And so I've had to really think about what is it that I'm doing with people? 
and, and to really study the, the women and whether it's a man to study who it is that's sitting across from me, whether it's done in person or whether it's virtual. It's looking at where are they when they come in? What is their pain point? What are they complaining about? What are they saying they wanna change? And being able to, at the end of our time together, say, now what has happened in that person's life? Because I think when you're really gifted and good at something and you're just operating in your zone of genius, you just do what you do. You're not really thinking about, well, now we're working on healing their heart and now we're working on forgiveness principle. You're not thinking that. You're just you're just working and operating, especially if you're working from a spiritual or intuitive place. You just, you're tuned into that person and what they need. But you do have to kind of take yourself out of that woo-woo, so to speak, and really sit down. And I know a coach definitely helped me to do that and say, okay, Melissa, what is the process that you're taking them through? And I think the more you do it with different people, you are able to see, I have a system. I have a method. You know, there is something that I do with everybody, even though everybody is different, but there is a way that I work. And so being able to document that, give language to that, and then speak that to your audience in a way that makes sense to them. Mm, that was so good. I agree completely on all of that. I had to do that with my own process. By the way, I did not enjoy that part. I did not <laughs> enjoy documenting my intuitive process. The thing I was taken for granted, you know, I just assume, okay, everybody gets this, what I'm doing. Right. When in fact, that is not the case at all. And startup nation, you may be thinking and having that same thought. Oh, like what I do is like, Anybody could do what I do. Can they, and they really? really can't. <laughs> they really can't. Not if you're they good. Really can't. If you're mm -hmm. any good at what you do, chances are you're like one in a hundred in your local city that could do what you do. Right. And yeah. then if you add your experience into that, maybe you're one in a thousand. And then if you add your own personal inner work that you've done and, you know, inner development, et cetera over the years, like you have 20 years of that, right? Now you're maybe one in 10,000. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're becoming more and more unique. And so is your process. So is your system. So take us through your specific uh, journey into really just tracking your own system intuitively. Like what did the coach have you do? Give us a step-by-step -step, girl. Okay. Because this is going to really serve someone listening right now. And Startup Nation, grab your pen and paper. I'm serious. Write this down. Melissa, what was step one? You go to the coach. They explain the whole thing. You finally go, fine, I'll do it. <sighs> yeah. And then they give you, okay, this week I want you to do step one. What was step one, two, and three? One of the first things that I did, e even before kind of documenting my system, it was recommended to me to go to the clients that I feel like I have done really good work with. And a lot of times, you know, here's another nugget, your best clients are your return clients. So just because you've done some good work with them once, 
they will come back again for, and so you're really create, creating community, you're creating a tribe. And I was invited to ask them, what is the experience of working with me like? Ask them that, because what I thought I was doing was not what they were receiving. Can you give us an and, example? What did you think you were doing and what was the response you heard from your best clients? I thought I was doing healing work in the sense of, let me help you to clarify and make sense of your past. Let me help you to put some pieces together so we can put some closure on some things. And while I was doing that, what they took away from it was I created a safe space for them to just be able to talk, something they had not been able to do. I didn't, I, you know, as we were talking offline, that's normal to me. Like, what do you mean create a safe space? What do you mean be non-judgmental and just create a space for you to just talk uninterrupted? I didn't realize that was such a deep need because I do it all the time. But what, what, what women were coming in and really desiring was just a space to be accepted. So I was still doing the healing work that I thought I was doing, but what the clients were taking away and what they would write on a survey is she made me feel safe. She made me feel accepted. I didn't feel judged for the first time in my life. I felt safe enough to tell her a story that I've never told anyone. And there is great value in our story. There's mm. great value in being able to speak freely. And, I, and it's not that I didn't know that, but I didn't know that that's what I was creating. And that's one of the things I was providing. And also the main thing that they're willing to spend thousands of dollars for. Yes. For your coaching packages, right? Yes. Yeah, which, you know, again, on a spiritual level, you know, because of my background, I really had to work on my money story. No, no joke. <laughs> and, did and I did you have a poor relationship with money, too? I did. I, I did. I, um, I think there was a part of me that felt like I should just do this for free. And for many years, if I'm honest, I did do it for free. Um, I first started doing empowerment work in my living room, you know, back in 2000, I was gathering women and having whole weekend retreats in my living room, didn't charge anyone a dime, paid for food, made up little programs, everything. And I just was doing it. The first time I opened a private practice, I'd be having two, three hour sessions and say, oh, pay me later. I, I, I had such a time asking for my fee. You know what I find so preposterous about that? And by the way, I used to do the same thing. And many listeners who don't want to admit it, they also uh, are possibly still doing that. Not only are you not uh, charging your clients a fee, but in fact, because you're absorbing the expenses of offering those services, you are allowing your charge your clients to charge you a fee yes. for the value you're providing. Like, really think about that for a second, Startup Nation. Yes. How dysfunctional is that? Very. You are allowing your clients to charge you to give them what they need. Sit with that. Let that go through. That's dysfunction. 
Okay. So how'd you get through that really quick? And then we'll go back to your steps. How'd you uh, change uh, the language or the relationship you had with money and then say, you know what, I'm charging for this. This is worth something to people and I'm good at it. I, some of you may have heard this phrase before, but when I heard the phrase or, or kind of this quote that selling is service, that began to change the game for me. Because I think be, if I had a high price, I almost felt like I was taking something from someone. And when a coach asked me, do you feel like I took something from you after I had just paid like $20,000 to work with a coach? And the answer was no. I felt glad. I felt happy, number one, that I could even pay it because it wasn't like I was rich, but I was making an investment in myself. And I was like, here you go. And I'm going to do this work. It was almost like a statement for me to invest in me like that. And so when that got flipped on me and she said to me, so who are you to rob your clients of the same experience? Boom. So good. And you're so stealing I had to, from the client, you're stealing from the client when you do not give them the opportunity to invest in themselves through your service. Yes. That it wasn't really just about money, that it was a statement of value. It's a statement of value for me to stand and say, this is my price without stuttering, without saying, oh, but you don't have to pay it, reducing it. As I was reducing my price, I began to understand I was reducing me. I was reducing my value, my work, my, my body of work that for, it comes easy to me, but it, it means a lot. It transforms people. This, and I was struggling to pay bills while my clients were off on vacations um, you know, because I was too afraid to say, can you pay me? So and good. so I had to clean that dysfunction up. If I really was serious about being a transformational coach for high level leaders, I had to be a leader in my own life in this area. Man, sucks when you got to walk the talk, right? Yes. Okay. So ask your best clients. That was your first step. What's the next step for Startup Nation? Once a person is a client for me, there's like four pillars that I begin to walk them through, whether we do it in a group style coaching or whether it's private one-on-one. And the first level is to begin to look at your divine identity. What who are you outside of your circumstance? Because most of us feel like you've been in your situation, you've been in your condition for so long that you begin to name yourself that, that you begin to identify with what is wrong as opposed to who you were before the foundation of the world. Because, uh, you know, doing healing work, people are coming in with a lot of emotional baggage from childhood. You know, they may um, have been with one parent and not with another. Some folks may, you know, have been traumatized as a child and made to feel that they weren't loved and weren't wanted. And so to go beyond that, your birth date and say, 
even before that, when God decided to bring you into the earth, there was a plan for you. And God says, you are very good. You were loved. And to begin to see yourself above circumstance. So that's, that's number one, because I got to start breaking up the story as soon as they come in, because otherwise there will be a million excuses of why you can't move beyond because you're looking at your circumstances. But Melissa will say, look up, where did you really come from? Who are you really? I get that. I, I, what I'm hearing you say is that you come in and shift the core issue, the foundational yes. part of it so that the symptoms kind of just dissipate. Uh, yes. In fact, rather than address the symptoms and there'll always be new symptoms because there's a core foundational problem issue. Yes. I like that. All right. So let's bring us back um, to that conversation as far as the coach that you hired that uh, took you to step one, go, Melissa, ask your best clients for their feedback and why they hired you, what they got out of you, what the experience was with you. What was the next step or the next two steps um, for Startup Nation right now? The specifically for the coaches and individuals who are having trouble uh, presenting, articulating, writing copy for their intangible products and services? It is really important for you to pay attention to the language that your clients are using, to not take their words and put in a different word, but literally to listen very carefully. And the more conversations you're having with the people you work with, you will begin to hear commonalities. So, you know, my clients will typically say, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I am feeling overwhelmed. And so rather than trying to reinvent the wheel and come up with all of this other copy, I come back at them and again, you speak not to many, you speak to one person and reach many when you're writing emails, when you're doing videos and you begin to say what they have said. I know what it's like to be tired. I know that you're exhausted. And so you begin to communicate in a very intimate way where you're, you're not just giving good information, but you're able to, the, the client at the end of the email, at the end of the Facebook Live, the video, whatever it is, they say, she knows me. I, I got to work with her. She's speaking my language. Because literally you are. Okay. So Startup Nation, first off, ask your best clients their feedback and why, what that experience is like working with you. You're going to get so much wisdom out of that. Then Melissa says, number two, use your client's language. Stop trying to be clever in your copy. Stop using clever cliches that actually are not what your customers would say. Exactly. What, what are your customers actually saying? That's the language that's going to hit their heart and get their attention and make them lean in and feel that you know them. Because you actually will when you start saying their language over and over and over again, you're going to mm -hmm. really get who your avatar is, who Absolutely. you're speaking to. So what's your number three? What was that third step that uh, Startup Nation can now take to make their intangible products and services uh, feel and, and present as tangible to their prospective clients? Even though I, I know that I'm very intuitive, um, 
and and I'm not one of those people for charts and spreadsheets and and all of that but it was very helpful to work with I've had a couple of coaches that literally did the big whiteboard or papers all over the room where they are making you write down when your client does this what do you do so you're you're taking their problem and then you as the coach are being able to say this is how i address it this is my method to begin to to name it, to begin to own it. Um, a lot of times I think, like I was saying earlier, because things come so easy to us, we don't really put value on it. We don't, you know, we don't put emphasis on it. But to begin to take what you do, put a name on it, like for me, now it's the soul love method um, to be able to take my pillars and say, these are the steps that I take people through. And this is when I take you through them. This is where a person is six weeks after working with me. This is what I anticipate to happen. Because the more you are working with that same kind of avatar, it's all, it's like, and when I, I do groups, it's so wonderful because all the ladies are like, oh my gosh, she's just like me. Yes, you get good at calling in the kind of person you work best with. And if you do groups or if you do retreats, it's, I mean, that is, is just super wonderful because now you have all these like personalities, people with like goals, like issues, all in the same place. And you are able to not have to speak 10 different languages to 10 different people. You are able to bring who you are and your method straight to them. And then to be able to look at what's the end result. Name the end result, particularly for those of us that do spiritual work. For me, it's being able to um, prevent a divorce. Because when you look at what is, what is the emotional cost of being in a bad marriage? How is that you know, affecting their career? How is that affecting their health? How is it affecting their children? All the things that they care about. And so what is it worth to you to clean up some areas in your relationship? What is it costing you to be in a codependent relationship with your mother and you're 40? You know, how is that, how is that affecting? Wait, are you, are you speaking to me right now, Melissa? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you calling me out, girl? It's my show. Okay. So. Startup Nation, I, I really invite you to go back and read the notes you just wrote on what Melissa just dropped in that number three uh, tip or strategy she just gave to you, because I think that was so powerful. And by the way, in case you missed it, Melissa's invested $20,000 to learn those three things so that you don't have to. So consider this episode worth $20,000 to you if you implement it. Melissa, if you implement it. Okay. If you implement it, right? Melissa just invested 20 grand into you. Like really get that. That's powerful. That's why I do this show. So her number three is create real client scenarios plus your method plus the end result. And like really walk that out. Yeah. Almost like create a map. 
What is the map? What is the journey? The client journey, right? The customer journey. When I sign up to work with Joseph Warren, what's my journey with him from beginning to end? Now, do you put that in your marketing or is that after you? No, it is in my head as I am writing the marketing that this is a journey from the time they see the first post, the first email that we are on a journey. We are, we're, we're, I'm introducing myself with a lead magnet. What's the journey of my lead magnet? How do I make them feel? Am I creating the feeling that my client said really is the the golden goose of why they're working with me? To be able to look at that and say, does what I am putting out create a sense of safety on an emotional level? Does it create a sense of belonging? Does it invite them to go deeper into those places that they've been avoiding? So it's not so much about me and what I wanna do and, oh, I wanna do a lead magnet on this. Yeah, that's nice. But if you really wanna grow your business, you better do what your clients are asking for and create it in an atmosphere and an environment that works for them. So good. Melissa, powerful conversation. Seriously, I don't think I've done a show specifically like this on this topic. And I think it's such a necessary topic because so many of us just don't know how to get across that chasm and make that jump if we're in the intuitive and spiritual work space. Uh, So thank you for that. I think you contributed really powerfully. I know I took something away from our conversation just now with my own work. So thank you for pouring into me. Thank you for pouring into my audience. Uh, you really showed up and served. I like also, and that was a great reminder um, to really methodize, if that's a word, methodize your process, give it a unique name to your method, like the soul love method. That's beautiful. And I just realized, oh crap, excuse me, but that I'm missing that. I forgot that. I was taught that a long time ago, but I actually haven't done that. So I have to put that back in. So thank you for that. All right. So welcome to my favorite part of the show. We're about to jump into that. Melissa, you know how this goes, girl. Okay. But before we do, we're speaking with Melissa Brown. She is the soul love coach. You can find her at soullovecoach.com, soullovecoach.com. And if you want any help in the spiritual space and Melissa resonates with you, then go check her out. Jump on a call with her. See what she's all about. Check out her safe space, right? Check out doing some work with her. If, however, you, I, you resonate with me, right? And, and you need more of that firm kick in the butt from a control freak like you, a little control freak, then I might be your, your guy, right? And go to josephwarren.net, jump on a call with me, and let's see what we can do together. So, Melissa, welcome to the Hustle Round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's your favorite thing about being a spiritual entrepreneur? The results. Oh my gosh. I I just love watching people come into their own. I love seeing the light come on for them. That there, that is the biggest reward. There is no amount of money that is greater than that reward for me. Mm, so good, and and really, I would encapsulate half of our conversation by saying: sell the results, startup nation. Sell the results that you get for clients. That's what you're. That's what they want to hear. 
Stop telling them how you do it specifically. Keep that to yourself. Sell the results. What is your least favorite thing about being a spiritual entrepreneur? That you do have to be good at business. <laughs> I'm outing myself in that. And, and I, I tend to be very transparent with the people I work with. Like, Melissa is not the best administrator. I can work the pants off of you emotionally and spiritually. But you do have to attend to or hire someone who can attend to those back office things. You got to handle the business part. You got to. If the foundation falls from underneath the house, down goes the house. Yes. Melissa, what are you most afraid of? I would have to say not fully living out my potential. I'm, I've always been a purpose girl and, and you already know I'm a Jesus girl. So just I, I want, at the end of my life, I want to feel like I've maximized every gift. I don't want God to say, you put that one in the ground. What were you doing? You know, I, I want to be able to say, I did it all. I maximized, I created good fruit. By the time you arrive at the pearly gates, you want the gas tank to say empty, yes. running on fumes. I got that. Uh, now, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with, either professionally or personally with right now? I would have to say um, just disciplining myself to, to really take care of me, more so on the physical level. I know the pandemic, I'm a little pandemic exhausted. <laughs> Um, and there are some things that my spirit has been nudging me to do to make sure that my self-care is on point. Because the other thing that I will say uh, to your listeners is as your business grows and you do get to that 100K, there it requires more of you. And so that means your level of self-care has to also go to the next level. Um, so that you have the capacity to care for the people you want to serve. And so I need a little bit more discipline in that area. Hey, I might be your guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Probably um, worrying about how things were going to work out way too much. I'm, I'm an army wife. We moved from Korea to Texas in the middle of a pandemic. So many unknowns wondering, you know, what was going to be going on with my kids, all things that were out of my control and hindsight here we are in, in you know, December and everything has worked out as it should. Maybe not the way I would have planned it, but all is well. So what a waste of time <laughs> for me to have sat there and, you know, created anxiety that was so unnecessary. Mm, that's so real. What secret fear do you have about people? That they, I, I think it's, I was going to say that they wouldn't like me, but I'm, I think I'm over that, you know, that's, that comes with the territory of, oh, they don't like me. I, but I think it's more around people not understanding me. 
You know, sometimes yeah. I've heard people say, she seems to talk about loving yourself too much, you know, and especially, you know, in, in the Christian circle of, you know, isn't that selfish? You know, we should be focused on other people. And I think sometimes just not understanding the context in which I speak. Um, the, my audience is not people who are focused on themselves. The reason why my message is what it is, is because they've spent their life focused on everyone else but themselves. So. Mm. Yeah, I think fear of being misunderstood is one of the great human fears. Uh, I remember a, just a funny little thing, an Adam Sandler movie, and I've done this once or twice live in public. Um, don't judge me for it. But like when someone like barked at me or said something or falsely accused me or whatever, I just turned to them and I said, you're not mad at me. You're mad at your father. <laughs> and then I was like, make the call. <laughs> That's some therapist shade right there. <laughs> that is, that is, man. And then I ran. Then I ran. No. Um, <laughs> what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? To trust myself. Yeah. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All the times that I was trying to do it somebody else's way. And the best coaches that I had asked me, Melissa, how do you want to do this work? As opposed to telling me how I should. And when I began to really say, this is how I want to work with people. And they said, run with it. It worked for me. It worked for my people. God, I wish I had learned that three, four years ago. I think you bring up a powerful distinction there. When we ask the question, like, what should I do? Or what would others do? We, we really start coming and operating from our head. And when we ask, what do I want to do? Immediately, we navigate to our heart. And the heart yes. always makes the right choice because the heart always knows the truth. The head yes. is the problem. <laughs> it gets in the way. So always choose what you want or choose the destination through your heart startup nation. Then apply your head to get you there safely and not go off a cliff. Yeah. Okay. What's a new habit you want to form, Melissa? Being plant-based. Um, I started that last year and then I moved to big old Long Star, Texas <laughs> and fell off the wagon with all these ribs and steaks and everything else around here. But I know my body does better if I were eating just more plant-based, more vegetarian diet. I, that's my desire to go back to that. All right, let's do a quick shout out for all the herbivores out there. I love you. <laughs> What's a bad habit you would like to break? Other than the eating thing? Staying up late. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Confidence. Um, focused. And intentional. Very intentional now. Not all over the place. Mm, so good. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Oh, my gosh. Uh, scared, second guessing everything, um, and disconnected, a bit disconnected from me more than I thought, even though I was a therapist, I was more disconnected. An entrepreneurial journey will show you who you are at your core. Mm. So good. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, your kids, 
your husband, and give them only one piece of advice about everything, what would you say to them? Do it now. Do it now. And, and do it, do it full out. Um, you know, we, we were talking, I think, before about just this waiting. And after I get this together and after I do that, then I'll do that. But, you know, I think 2020 has taught us that tomorrow isn't promised. The whole world could change by tomorrow. And so there is, this is a time of urgency for whatever it is that's on your heart, do it now. This is the right time. Mm. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K this year? It's not really about the 100K. It's really about you. Um, I was sharing with you, Joseph, you know, that passing that 100K mark, which was a space in coaching that I absolutely was, you know, envious of and wanted to be. And this year I'm probably going to be more at 200K. So, you know, which is huge for a social worker minister like me. And, you know, it's not, my joy isn't really the money. I thought I would feel different about the money, but it's more about the woman that I've become, who I want to be, the kind of leader that I know I have to be in my community and what that requires of me. Um, you know, so don't fo- focus so much on the money. That's what I would say to Startup Nation. Focus on developing yourself and stepping in every day to the vision the, of yourself that you say you want to be. Step into it daily. Mm. Don't wait. Startup Nation, listen to Melissa. Don't focus on the money. Focus on the mission. Focus on the mission. What's your mission? Why are you here? All right, Melissa, how does uh, Startup Nation get in touch with you if they so choose? Do you have anything for them? Something they could go get for free because they love free because, you know, that's just what they think. What do you got? Well, you can find me on Facebook under Melissa Brown, the Soul Love Coach. I'm on Instagram as Soul Love Coach as well. And Um, I am always doing fun challenges on Facebook that will help you five days of surrender, five days of letting go, you know, all of the fun stuff that we like to avoid, but we have lots of fun in my community. And so if, if you are a woman or a man, even, you know, we have had some brothers come through the emotional detox. Um, Don't forget the brothers. (laughs) Don't forget the brothers. And you want to do that inner work on yourself so that your soul can settle down and you can stop waking up in the middle of the night thinking something is missing. Um, You are welcome to look me up on those sites as well as my website, soullovecoach.com. Melissa Brown, thank you for joining us on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Thank you, Joseph. And I wish the same to you. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. 
I'm Joseph Warren and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.